0: blog
1: talk radio hey everybody welcome to the show this is monday rock hot topic um, I'm pop art painter Jamie Ross, and my co-host tonight is DJ Miss Monday. Miss Monday, Hi. how are you?
2: <laughs> well, I am doing absolutely fabulous. I just came off of a, uh, the weekend of the Skyline Festival here in Los Angeles, and went down to it on Saturday night, and first festival I've been to since pre-COVID. So, it was well, awesome. that's just it, you know. I-
1: We've been getting a ton of uh, emails and and, and people asking, what happened to the Monday Rocks Hot Topics? And, you know, I told them, well, the ratings were just terrible. No, actually, it's one of the highest rated things. Um, No, but I, you know, I explained, I said, with all the stuff that's happening, because it was weird Mm. there for a second, everything started opening up, then the Omicron thing hit, and everything started, you know, pulling back, you know, this tug of war. And yeah. um, you know, I was just explaining to people. I said, the nightclub world and the DJ world is kind of in a state of flux. You know, we haven't done the show yeah, followed, what five I,
2: months now. It's been a while, yeah. And I, I actually, it feels great to be back doing it, uh, and you know, talking about the industry, club culture, music, bringing it back all together again. Yeah, I really missed it. Absolutely. Uh, It was a very volatile time and uh, hard to put a pulse on it. So sometimes it's just easier to let those strange days pass and um, pick it back up. And there was,
1: you know, to be honest and to be fair and transparent, everybody loves that buzzword these days, there were events (laughs) happening and things happening and underground stuff going on. People are like, well, why don't you guys talk about this? Because I don't want to get people in trouble. I don't want to be that guy, <laughs> you know? Um, exactly. the word. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we really couldn't go mm-hmm. on the air talking about some of the stuff that was going on. But um, mm-hmm. for the most part, traditional nightclubs and whatnot were, you know, in this weird flux state. And so we just had to take a little bit of a break with the show. But that doesn't mean... I mean, you were doing a lot of stuff. You were doing live streams and um, you know all kinds of stuff like that, um, yeah. which I think is amazing. You know, yeah, it's got to be weird though because you don't have the crowd energy to go off of doing live streams. I was so say.
2: so yeah. I'm, on the live streams, uh, I was hosting. So what happens is on those shows, uh, I was doing it on the Club Maverick channel on the Twitch. And mm-hmm. those shows have where people buy little like biddies or things like this, uh, to where you could get uh, a raise money during your show. And I mean, if you're really consistent okay. with it, people are making. There's DJs up there making ten grand a month doing this stuff. <laughs> wow. Well, that's fantastic,
1: yes.
0: though.
1: That's good to hear. Mm-hmm. That is good to hear because I. Man, I, I was worried about some of my friends, you know. I mean, because, you know, in entertainment in general, the thing which different with a lot of the DJ culture, like DJ people I know is, mm-hmm. uh, well, I guess everybody, a lot of people have day jobs and whatnot, but it's hard for DJs to have uh, day jobs because they consistently work usually and they work late hours. And,
0: yeah.
1: you know. They're not home at two fifteen because the club closed at two. (laughs) You know, if you have, if that happens to be the case, you know, they're home at five or something. And when you get home, just like if you were working a day shift somewhere, you get home, you don't just jump in bed and go to sleep. You got to wind down and stuff, you know. And so it's, it's a weird thing. It's hard for DJs to maintain a a day job, you know. And um, and suddenly they didn't have a thing. You know, I was I was worried. I was concerned. All my names friends all have day jobs because they only work every other weekend or something. You know, it's not like a DJ.
2: Yeah, well, uh, unless you're a producer where you have the passive income of you when you release tracks. But other than that, people got smart and savvy to the whole, well, let's take advantage of uh, this platform to make money. And so, DJs DJ's making better money on Twitch than they ever were making live sh- uh, doing live shows. <laughs> mm-hmm. And
1: you and you don't even have to shave. How about that?
2: I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just gotta make it really entertaining. Uh, so, so, yeah, so it is uh, because there are ways. To, you know, sometimes you, your show gets rated with from another DJ, DJ show, and then they bring a bunch of uh, other people on, like to your you know, that are viewing, and that way um, you'll have more opportunities to make more money when people raid your show. So there's some exciting things that kind of make it, you know, fun. So it's not the worst. Uh, it's, it, even though you don't have an audience, there's it's still engaging. People are chatting with you the whole time. But uh, nothing beats a live performance.
1: I hear you. I hear you. Well, and it's, you know, there's – been doing this a while, uh, Miss Monday. You've been doing this a while, you know, so uh, <laughs> y- y- you get hooked. It's. I was just having this conversation um, with someone, not about a DJ necessarily, they were like uh, talking about the Rolling Stones, you know, the rock band, and they're like, why yeah. don't the Rolling Stones even go on tour anymore? And I'm like, well, it isn't because they need the money. Man, that dopamine is nice. <laughs> it's, mm, yeah. it's that being stage feeling, man.
2: It, they live for the, yeah, the thrill of the performance. Yeah. Yeah, connect, you know. That it, connection, it, yeah, the connection to the crowd is, is invigorating.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that's, that's part of it, you know. I mean, that is, uh, and there's, I tell you, there's nothing better, especially when you see a DJ that's just, you know, t- tuned in with the crowd, and the crowd is Pumping and so excited, and the DJ's excited. You know what I mean? It's it's magic, yeah. man. It's it's really cool. I don't. it's Few things can compare to it, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's when it, I mean, you feed off the crowd. Yeah, that's where It, it really is magical, you know.
1: <laughs> now let me ask you this, um, and I know mm-hmm. we, we've we've got our guests coming on real quick, but i I'm just curious in the same vein of this conversation because you've played clubs. You know, or events mm-hmm. where there's a hundred people, and you've played clubs right. and events where there's a thousand people, you know, or mm-hmm. more, mm-hmm, you right. know, bigger. Mm-hmm. It, do you still get that same jazzed pump? Does it matter, or is it just is it much more intense with much
2: more people? Oh, it, there's nothing like having a crowd of people uh, going off to your set, dancing their ass off. It's a I, the the more the merrier, but I I still enjoy any any performance, just having the opportunity to, to share that music experience with people. Uh, I'm um, I'm actually doing a show at the Viper Room on this coming Thursday here in Los Angeles, and really? the uh, yeah and the Viper Room is a pretty uh, well known uh, world renowned. Oh, so that's
1: where that Leonardo time. DiCaprio, or not Leonardo DiCaprio, his brother, right? Um, I can't think of his name right now. Well, uh, Johnny Depp is
2: one. Oh, really?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, River so, um, that's yeah. what it was. River Phoenix. Oh, yeah, Johnny uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Back oh my! I think it's a, he's one of the owners. I mean, unless he sold oh. it. It's a, it's a Hollywood cool. hot spot right there on the Sunset Strip, yeah. so um, But, uh, yeah, so our, uh, our guest this evening, though, let's, uh, let's uh, speak about Ricardo, who we're about to bring on. He is also a DJ, but he does the NDYD radio show, which gets released on a SoundCloud channel. Um, the shows do as well. But let's bring Ricardo on to talk a little bit more about this this uh, program he's got going on with NDYD and uh, and all the other things that he has going on with his music and his career music career and uh in his personal career too he's got some really cool things happening um, and uh, yeah you want to bring him on. Carter, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. I mean, well, thank you for bringing me on your show, the NDYD show, and um, you know, Jamie and I. You're the first uh, the guest that we've had back on. I haven't done it in about it might even be six months. So the podcast, Jamie, and so it's good to be back. It's great to have you on. And uh, so, Thank without you. further ado, yeah, let's t- tell us about Ndyd, your involvement, and what's going on with this whole project.
0: Oh
3: my God, how 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 much time do I have? It yeah, goes way it back. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, well, Ndyd is based out of Germany. They mm. started off as a music uh, blog years and years ago, and it just took off from there. It got so popular that the um, Christian, the guy who heads it, decided to turn it into a, a real label. And uh, since then, yeah, he put out quite a few good releases very much in the, kind of the, you know, disco, new disco style. Yeah. Uh, and they became really popular because uh what, with the blog, is what Christian would do is he would find some rare edits, mainly of disco stuff, usually free mm-hmm. stuff, you know, that you would find online and then you would put it out, out there for people to uh, to grab and it uh, that's it. the word got passed around and yeah, next thing you know, it's like there's 30,000 people following it on Facebook and that's how I got to know them.
2: Oh, that's amazing. And how did you end up getting <laughs> yeah, how how did you how did you, did you reach out to them? Did, how, how did you Yeah, actually, getting- I, well
3: actually it was Christian who reached out to me and we started talking, and he was coming to LA, so we met, and then we realized we had a, a lot of a lot of um, things in common, especially when it came to mu- when it came to music.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So uh, he was at the time doing um, these uh, kind of like uh, he was putting mixes out there, but there wasn't a, really a radio show. Um, and around that time, also. Uh, An old favorite producer of mine from the UK, Grant Nelson, was starting Mm -hmm. his own radio station. So, uh, and at the time, Grant was looking for people, for regular people for his radio show. So that's when he reached out to me, and that's when, you know, it was the perfect storm. So I talked to Christian about it, and I said I want to do a weekly for for Grant's radio station, and... I got his blessing, and uh, I kind of became <laughs> the resident for the uh, for Ndyd when it came to radio shows online. And that was oh, it's in a, it's 2015, a, so it was a few years ago. Yeah, it's fantastic show.
1: I mean, it is one of those. It's one of those really cool ones. I I love music. You know, we all do, obviously, and whatnot. But one of the things that bugged me. I like to listen to music when I'm a painter by trade. And when I'm working and I'm painting on something, I don't want to have to take time to make a mix. And okay, I've listened to this song. Let me find another, you know, breaks, breaks my, uh, my flow and my zone. And your show you put on and it's just seamless, seamlessly cool. (laughs) You know, you you have it on and it's just like, this is fantastic, you know, and it's, it's, it's long and it's great. And
3: um, I think it's awesome. Really well done. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's beautiful when you leave it on autoplay, especially that right now at this point, we're up to, uh, Carol, what was the number of your episode? (laughs) It's 242, I think. Wow. Oh, so, two forty,
2: 240, yeah, two forty-two, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember
3: so that Two forty-two yeah. and when you think that they're minimum an hour each, and some of them are longer, uh, that's a lot of music to be played as on uh, on um, absolutely on random like that. So it's uh, it's uh, it's it's great for that, and it. it I, I, I'm glad to hear that you, you know, you're listening to it while you paint, because I mean, that's what it always been. I mean, it's not been a uh, radio show so people can play at parties and stuff. It's just so they can listen to good music. That's it. In the background. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, and it's that's what are doing with fantastic.
1: It. But it's, it's engaging too. And it's, uh, it's really well done. I, I am just amazed at the, uh, the amount of talent and, um, I know it's a ton of work. It's got to be a ton of work. You know, I was listening to it and um, I, I was like, man, this has got to be, you know, so like an hour set. And Clay or DJ Miss Monday, you know this. For those who don't know, I just looked up there. We'll fix it in post, or Miss Monday. Um, I'm getting all turned around here. No, but it is, I can only imagine. I mean, how long does it take to put together an hour set like that? Because you have to think about it. You know, you're like, okay, well, this will go with this, or this should bleed into this. Yep. And this all has this. I mean, that's got to be a ton of work.
2: Uh, Well, Well, it it, all starts with collecting songs, right? I mean, that's right. uh, You you must spend a very steady amount of time collecting songs. I I, I can go through music for hours and not even find one track I would want to play. So it can it can be difficult sometimes. I don't know how how about what's the process for you, Ricardo?
3: Well, one of the good things is that because of the work that I do, I listen to music all day long in the background. And uh, what I do is, well, because of the radio show, the word got passed around. I get a lot of music during the week from different producers, you know, upcoming producers or even known producers, you know, as promos and stuff Mm. like that. And I just, like, take all of that stuff, put it in a playlist and just randomize it, you know, play it in the background. And when I'm working, whenever there's something that really catches my attention... I stop what I do, and I put a little check mark or the little you know favorite star on it and uh, mm. then, at the end of the week, I go through all those tracks that I listen to in the week, and I put together uh, you know at least an hour show and that's that's the that's for me that's the easy part, you know, of course, putting it together it's just I'm yeah. lucky that I have the time during the week to listen to music and listen mm. to it again, and that's so that's usually the way it is.
2: So, so awesome. uh, you you have guest mix. You, so, so you're not doing the mix every week, right? You're having guest mixes like, how often do you do the mix versus the guests, and and you know what's the what's your like process or strategy to it all?
3: Well, originally, originally when I started, I was doing this at the beginning. It was every other week. I was trying to have a guest. But uh, then, you know, with, with the pandemic and all of that, everything changed and people's schedules were not the same. And it wasn't – so I just kept on doing it myself because, I mean, it's my – and also because of the pandemic and that kind of stuff, I wasn't playing out as much. So this was right. my, my avenue to, to keep playing music. It gave me, you know, the, um, the motivation to keep looking for music and keep playing it because, I mean – Besides, I mean, it's for the reason why I do it is, of course, because I've always been in love with any kind of music. I mean, I've been music has been part of my life since I was in, you know, before high school. So it's 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 an opportunity for me to to continue to discover music and play it, even if it's just for myself. That's the way I look at it. And then I put it out there, and there's quite a huge following for it that people that appreciate it. So that also encourages me to to keep on doing it.
2: So before the pandemic, yeah. you weren't doing that many shows. You were you were playing out more. Like, what was your what did your music uh, life? What was your music life like pre-pandemic versus now? I mean, well, it was uh, pretty. It was pretty
3: much the same thing, actually. Yeah, I was, you know, uh, at the time I was actually also in the world that I do freelancing. I wasn't like on any kind of necessarily schedule, uh, so that allowed me to take a lot of time off to uh, to go play at different places. One of the things that I did a lot before the pandemic was I used to go to Europe and play um, at these events, the different events, especially during the summer. And um, Right. Which actually, whenever I played, that also gave me an opportunity. I would always record whenever I played live, and I would turn it into a radio show. So it wasn't like it was taking that away from me. It actually gave me an opportunity to do another one whenever I got to play out okay uh, but you know so but so when the pandemic happened I mean I've, been, I've always been doing it at home it just gave me the opportunity to continue and to do it even more uh, and that's uh, one of the reasons why I actually that whole thing every other week kind of changed it was kind of like once a month I wasn't like so much looking for guests anymore as the guests would come to me and say hey uh could I you know I, I'm interested in doing a set for your show and like that's what I would have. it as before, I would always be looking for people because I really want to do every other week. But now it's kind of changed, you know. I'm kind of uh, playing it by ear right now in terms of, <laughs> no pun intended, in terms of the radio show for when I have a guest.
1: That's awesome. So, That's fantastic. Yeah,
2: so, yeah, so you are uh, originally from Montreal, correct? And that was where you were born. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, where now? So, do you go back to Montreal to DJ too? Is that how you got? Like, is that where you got started well, with your Europe connections, or where? where how did the whole you know, global outreach involve? Uh,
3: no, believe it or not, the Europe connection. Uh, well, yeah, no, I go back to Montreal, but mainly to see family, and certainly not to be in the snow. Try to stay away from that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> in terms of what happened in Europe what was really interesting is because of the radio show of putting it music online, um, the way it started it was um somebody reached out to me and was, you know, was asking about, you know, custom mixes and all that and they'll be interested in paying and it's like, oh well, you know, it's it's the online world. I go, why why do you wanna why do you wanna pay it? It's available for free, you know, why would you Oh no, I do these <laughs> events and they're very like, you know, I have some very special guests and I want it to be just for me and I'm like, okay, well here's another, you know, it's another internet thing so I'm not gonna take it seriously. And it actually was very serious. This person who uh, who was who was been listening to my mixes online for a long time, I found out he's a very well established um businessman in Africa and he's mm. done a lot of business oh, nice. in in France and Saint tropez and other places and he's got a really beautiful private yacht uh where he wanted me to come play for his uh private events. Nice. And uh, nice. that's basically, uh I did not take it seriously at first but when he then I found out that he was for real, uh you know, he started flying me to um to the south of France, to Italy and to these uh to Croatia. And that's because that's Mm. where his yacht would be. And uh, from there, that's why also the the tempo that I play a lot of yacht rock and that kind of stuff was really interesting to him. Uh, And that's how we became friends, and I started going more and more. And because the kind of guests that he had on his yacht were all people from, you know, different kind of like from the fashion industry and from uh, even owners of bigger clubs around Europe, they got – that's how I made connections. And then I would go and play for them. And that kind of thing. Absolutely. It was kind of like snowballing from there, you know?
2: So this That's guy was your key to success.
1: <laughs> I told yeah, I mean, everyone uh, this, that, you know, whenever, whatever your business is, network, man. Get some business cards made. Spend the 50 bucks on them and, uh, or 100 and get nice ones. And, and will be amazed. People uh, will
3: what is a business card? I haven't had one of those in a very long time.
0: <laughs> well, nowadays, know, nowadays, nowadays you, you, know just, you
3: just you just need to pick out your phone, and they put your
0: handle, and
3: that's it. That's all they need, right?
1: I know. Uh, you're right, Ricardo. My wife is <laughs> blowing her eyes in the other room right now. She's like, "See, you need a phone." I'm the only person in the world that doesn't have a phone. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I would just lose it so, so, I would just lose so,
2: it you know what um, uh, Ricardo speaking of which uh, you're also in the tech world um, so you know about uh, um, you know how people are networking these days With uh, aren't, you, aren't you working with Meta or something to do with some of the I know you guys are visual
3: um, well I'm lucky that uh, what I do for work is still in um, Creative realm, you know, I still get to actually make a living by doing something creative, which is really not that different than the music I do. Um, What I like to tell people is that, like, when I meet people through music, they all think that that's what I do full time because, like you were saying, like, I do devote a lot of time to it, or I look like I devote a lot of time to it. (laughs) But it's not, it's something that I call my professional hobby. Meaning that I'm not making a living out of it, <laughs> but I am making a living in another a profession, which is kind of related. Where, like I said, it's still creative. I'm like, a, uh, like you said, Cara, I'm a visual effects artist. So nice. I'm a, yeah. actually now I work for a big company. I, I do work for Meta, uh, formerly known as Facebook, um, and I'm what uh, I'm animation lead. So I, I work with the with the global team when it comes to animation and that kind of stuff. And it's it, in my, in my, um, I guess in my world, it's very related to doing music and the kind of stuff that I do has the same kind of, um, uh, the way it gets the same juices going, if, if I can say that, you know, it's, sure. uh, and, and, mm. and because I do it, because I sit in front of a computer all day long and thinking about, I'm going to do something and that kind of stuff. That's why I always have music in the background and, it gives me like a lot of opportunity to discover new music. So it's all, I don't, it's all related, you know, it's not what it's not what, uh, how I pay the bills with music, but the work that I do is very related to, to the music. That's part of my life also. Well, it's fortunate that you
2: have the opportunity while you're working to multitask almost, I guess you could call it, because you can have the music on and something catches your ear Market, go back to it later, and uh, so what? What's uh, tell us a little bit about the process about what you do at work.
3: Uh, I'm sorry, is it the process, like how do I? Uh... Yeah,
2: so, so what is it like, uh, when you're doing? I mean, what is the animation for? What is uh, what are you creating oh, oh, it for? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Is... Yeah, no,
3: I mean it's it's not that different. My I started my career back in Montreal as a uh, uh, working in visual effects as like a compositing artist. So mm-hmm. uh, and one of the reasons why I came, I moved to LA from Montreal was for work. Was because I came to work mm-hmm. for some studios here in uh, in the city, and I had the opportunity to work on uh, many many commercials, music videos when they were doing still when they were doing music videos and some pretty big features at the time, uh, especially in the early 2000s. I think my biggest claim to fame would be a uh, um, minority report. I don't know if you guys saw that movie, that Steven oh, Spielberg yeah. movie. Fantastic yeah i did film. all the um i did all the um uh you know the the kind of like interface graphic Cruz is grabbing throughout the whole movie uh yeah, absolutely. The tactile interface. When he's walking through the, yeah yeah he's walking through the subway
1: and it's it's hitting his eye right the customized ads. yeah do we
3: know all that kind of stuff which was i mean we're doing nowadays with our phones and that's the uh, i mean this was in two thousand there wasn't any of that so uh it was the, the company I was working with at the time in Santa Monica called Black Box Digital. They're the ones we, we're, the, we're the whole team would design that and would meet with Spielberg like every week to show him where we were and all that, and he was, you know, kind of like going to the principal's office and showing what you're working on, <laughs> which was uh, really, really fun. We did that for a year almost, but that was one of the movies that Eric actually really, uh, at least in the city, uh, allowed me to uh, – to put myself in the map uh working throughout you know different companies doing very similar kind of work and other features so um so it was always very related and what I'm doing at Meta now is actually pretty much the same thing I, and i'm and since I've been in I'm actually besides pushing animation, I'm pushing more the the visual effects part of it um mm-hmm. but it's all done uh for internal it's not something that goes out to the regular um you know that right. you see on your regular Facebook or anything like that. We, I mean, Meta is a company worldwide of about, I think, I might be wrong, but we're, I think we're about sixty or seventy thousand employees worldwide. So wow. there's a big internal machine, you know, when it comes. It's not it's just sure. what people see out there. So that's what I do. Uh, everything that I do is for the internal teams. Uh, and it's so you, you know we're really pushing the metaverse, it's, it's even more uh, relevant.
2: So would you consider, Sometimes. like, behind the scenes, like, uh, is it IT or is it, is it, like, to help with the, the actual platform or what, what exactly? No, 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 um... not,
3: not, not when it comes to the, no, not the platform. It, imagine it, I'm for more part of the, I guess more, of, it would be more of the marketing part, arm of it, kind of like, you mm-hmm. know, if, if they need anything internal for, uh, like, creating, um Uh, How to videos and that kind of thing. Or uh, also, you know, we do a lot of internal marketing for the different teams around around uh, around the globe. So we have to create all of that, and it's not any different than the stuff that you see out there. That uh, you know, agencies are paid a lot of money to do this kind of stuff, but we do it all internal.
1: Uh, That's cool.
2: That is fantastic. I mean, aside from Meta, are you doing any personal projects, or is it only for the companies you're working on? Have you made any music videos, Have you, like that, or just things that you do you no, yourself? No, not really, because no, I
3: still, I still That's freelance a, a little bit on the side, but uh, mm-hmm. I in the, the Meta work takes up literally all of my time, so, um, <laughs> so sometimes I, I like, recently I helped a a friend who is a um, Who's a filmmaker and he needed you know fit on the weekends, obviously it's not while well, I'm um you know the the meta time is forty hours a week, kinda nine to five, Monday to Friday. But outside of that, uh I I have helped some of some of my friends, some of the people that I know when it came to especially when it came to visual effects and stuff like that.
2: Wow that's well, a hurt nice thing that's a lot of
3: time to ex- <laughs> to experiment and and try out new things, yeah, personal personal projects when it comes to animation, something I always wanted to do.
2: Pushing the envelope a little bit, huh? Yeah. yeah. So um. So. What do you see yourself like working towards in the future, do you wanna, I Do you have any plans to do anything like in the music world um, outside of NDYD? Uh, are you going to try to transition into anything like uh, outside of the digital? Um, doing that, I mean, do you going to sort of merge these together in any way? Do you have any plans for anything like that?
3: Well, you know, to go, I would love to go back and play <laughs> like I used to in Europe. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, right now, like I said, I'm not pushing any of that. And one thing that's really taken a lot of, uh, that's got my interest and it comes to work is how we're heading towards more of our stuff towards, um, you know, what, what, um, what Zuckerberg called the metaverse, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I've
3: already seen some really with the Oculus, with the, uh, doing, uh, with the, um, with the goggles. I've seen already some DJ applications which are really interesting, all done in a goggle. Fantastic. Uh, so, that is something that I'm really interested in how they're going to, because it's definitely going to go. I mean, imagine the streaming, but instead of the stream mm. where you turn on your, you know, when, uh, especially during a pandemic when people were looking at different streams playing, people playing from their home, imagine if you can just put on the goggles and feel like you are there you with the other, with your other. Friends, you know, uh, and well, somebody's got to be playing that music. So it's, it's 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 fascinating. Definitely, the technology is there, and it's getting better all the time.
1: The yeah, amazing thing about that,
3: Ricardo, is
1: that you you could interact with people from all over the planet. You know, and you can go yeah. to the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I met a guy or a girl from Brazil or from New Zealand or wherever. You know. Oh, really? Where was this? Well, I went to the club. Well, I thought she stayed in <laughs> last night. Yeah, I did. Well, <laughs> you
3: know, <laughs> well, you know who, who, started doing, who, who started doing that before everybody else, even before the pandemic, was the organizing of the Burning Man Festival. They oh. were already creating these kind of like metaverse environments for people to go to where they can meet and interact and see art. It was uh it was really it was really interesting.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, uh you know, this kind of concept this kind of concept uh, I actually was doing some like um it was a company called Marquee World that was trying to want something similar to that out here in Los Angeles. It never took off. Uh this whole virtual reality thing has just been people have been trying and trying and trying to and everything that Meta does, they were already trying to do this at, at the at the Marquee World company. And so it was all the whole mm. thing, virtual reality. You could go into clubs. Everybody could be engaging with each other. Um, and uh, Mark Zuckerberg is the first one who's actually been able to make it come to life and, and make it accessible. Well, he's, got the,
1: he's got the crowd. Well, the thing you is, know, it, I mean, everybody on the planet has a Facebook page, yeah. it seems.
3: That's know. exactly it. Yeah. It's not
2: about the, It's not
3: like they're coming up with amazing new idea that's never been done before. It's just that they have the they have the audience really put it right. out there, and that's the difference, you know. Let me yeah, ask and you, and Ricardo. I
1: mean, you you work with this every day. How how immersive is it? I mean, are are is it? It's not the Mario headset thing. From the 90s or whatever, right? I mean, this is, no, of course not. You're no. getting
3: pretty good graphics and whatnot. Oh yeah, I mean, besides the graphics, I mean, the graphics are obviously always getting better, but it's really about the. Um, well, I can tell you that you know what I, when when I've been in these kind of virtual meetings with some of my team doing this, uh, I mean, we do this all the time through our version of Zoom, but. When doing it with the oculus um you really once you get into it there's a there's a moment where you forget you're using you've got these goggles on you and it's you it's that's what I guess they mean by sub- uh, submersive it's like you really feel for a second that you're there, and all of a sudden you realize, oh wait because you got this disembodied you know hand that's grabbing something, Go, oh, oh wait, 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 this is a virtual environment you know it's not real um but it, it all it all depends. Also, like it's not, obviously the graphics are getting amazing. And the thing is, it's like it's not it's not photo real yet. But when you forget about that and you really get in, because it does everything that you like. If you put your hand out there, your hand is out there. You grab something. You grab something. There's no like this kind of like delay or anything like that that you. It'll probably happen if you were going to go through photo photoreal. But it's right. it's definitely getting there. I don't know if you guys saw. The uh, this kind of like um, short um, this this um, how can I call it this mini mini feature that the Matrix did um, with Unreal Engine, and that's all like in real time, and it looks super photoreal. So that's amazing. Had,
0: yeah.
3: When We're this going technology to will it be available you know in the it. goggles? Yeah.
2: Man. I have I it? have tried on an Oculus. I do. I, I I've experienced it once, and and it is pretty bizarre. <laughs> to see, like, yeah. For your oh, movements yeah, yeah. to actually be in what you're seeing by that, it's it's um the fact that just by having that around you, it's still able to pick up all of your moving emotion motion and, and make you feel like you're in it. It's um. How how does that technology even work? I mean, how are they picking up from the what's a, what you're wearing? How are they able to uh, like simulate your real movements into that?
3: Well, that's that's beyond my pay grade <laughs> to see how, <laughs> how they're doing.
0: It. You know, yeah. what I
2: mean, I'm just I'm just okay.
3: I'm just in the, in in the in the visual part of it. Um. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I always wonder, too, I mean, it's the same way your phone, uh, you know, your phone knows uh, what, I forgot what technology is called, that's in your phone, that it knows where your phone, uh, like, if you turn it upside down kind of thing, you know, it knows it's upside down. Sure. That's the kind of same technology that is used in there. Yeah. Well, that's amazing, And what you see on your your goals, it's all being streamed, so it's all coming from, your actual
0: Wi-Fi, you know. Let so, me ask yeah, you this, you Ricardo.
3: To... Yeah.
1: When yeah. do you think this is going to be mainstream? When everybody's going to have an Oculus um,
3: headset that they put on, you
1: know? What do you
3: think? Ten years? I don't know. I think I think it has to. First of all, it needs to. I don't think it's going to be the way it is right now. Not everybody. Well, with goggles, it's difficult because um, it's not like a phone where you you hold something in your hand and if you, you just get used to it, it's not something that you always you have to learn. Like you know how to hold a phone in your hand. Wearing mm-hmm. goggles, first of all, it's got to be affordable for everybody, and that's the thing that right. they're doing. The prices are definitely coming down. Also, there's got to be more widespread. Uh, I don't know if you've read on the news, but Apple is coming out with their own version of these goggles that's probably going to compete with Oculus because right now it's really Oculus. It's the only one that's out there. But if Apple makes... Look, if Apple's going to make goggles, it's the same way when Apple started making phones. Everybody's going to have them, right? Right. Absolutely. So if Apple can bring this technology, can make it really accessible to everyone... That's when you're gonna see see the change.
2: <laughs> well, do you think it's gonna it happen? Like, yeah. Do you? I mean, I don't know. I, I I can't. I do people will people want to live in a, a I mean, be existing in a virtual reality or experiencing life? I would, but I'm
1: a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: no. I mean, well, I'm curious as to like how how quick or how it will pick up. I mean, catch on. You know.
3: I think it will catch on. I don't think. I mean, I think it's what we're going to be doing ten years from today. is going to be very different, but it will definitely be a a a a version of it. It's not going to go away. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. I think it's, it's all about
2: their pods like pods for people to lay in. So, like, once they start getting into this, like, whole virtual Oculus thing, um, that they'll just be in these pods. Like, like, like they're, like, built for people to be, like, laying in for the experience. And, and like, you can literally just be spending your entire day on Oculus. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. Well, uh,
3: well that's why they're bringing uh, – Oculus is not just used for – to play. It's useful work also. So the same way I have my meetings, I'm going to have my meetings in. That's it. You got to make it part of your everyday life, not just for entertainment, but entertainment is a big part of it. That's how you bring the people in.
2: Well, you know, the interesting
1: thing
3: to put it in perspective,
1: the iPhone launched what, 2007? It was only 11 years ago.
3: And uh, yeah, it was, it was early two thousands. I don't remember. I mean, I remember being in line to buy an, uh, the iPhone one <laughs> at the Apple Store. Right. I don't remember when that was, but I think it was before two thousand seven. Right. I'm not sure. I don't remember anymore. I
1: don't know. I, I remember in two thousand seven, a friend. It probably was earlier than that. I just remember a friend of mine, my friend Nodder I had a gallery at the time in San Diego, and he came in with it, and he was showing it. And I'm like, it's a computer. This isn't just a phone. This is you're carrying around a mini computer. And he's exactly. like I'm like I never saw it coming, but I think it's amazing. <laughs> you
0: know. I
2: integrated. yeah.
1: I think that would be awesome, man. I mean just the 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 applications you could take classes and you could do this or that you know and i know people are like well you can do that now yeah but not when you're sitting in the room with a bunch of people
3: you know yeah it's no it's not about that it's about but the submersive experience to feel like you're there not just not somebody who's just watching but somebody who's participating right
1: that's amazing
3: that's a, and just and you could think of other applications too
1: like medical or uh, you know surgery oh yeah oh, i anything. mean there's,
3: Whatever it is. Exactly. How cool is that? It's it's going to be a way for people, for example, for whatever reason, cannot, you know, don't have, um, for example, use of their legs or something like that. What they can get into this world where they are, you know, doing something that they would normally not able to to do physically.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. That's it. It yeah, definitely uh, will open up a lot more opportunities to a lot of uh, different people. So now, but uh, like the stuff that you're doing for Meta, did you go to school for things like this, Ricardo? Or are you like, what, uh, how did you get involved like when in that line of work? No, well, I did, I did this.
3: Um, it's kind of funny because it all kind of happened. It wasn't planned. I mean I when I was in college in Montreal I was very interested in uh being working at uh, in television I just wanted to do something mm-hmm. simple like well, I was basically interested in work in, in the technical part of it I wanted to work behind the scenes kind of like being a switcher or something like that a cameraman anything that involved with technology at the time
0: mm-hmm. and
3: that's how I uh I got interested in this because um my uh part time job when I was working uh, when I was going to college I worked for an apple dealer, a computer dealer, and that's where I found out about all these animation programs that were starting to be out there, so I got my interest and I started doing projects at school with it so in doing uh combining the television the cam the equipment we had at school with the computers that I had access to and the only reason why I had access to them was because I was working at this apple dealer because that was way too expensive for uh, for a student to get. So mm-hmm. um, that's how I started. this, just started curiosity, and and next thing I know, when I was uh, I did a project with a friend of mine. We did this experimental music video that involved computer animation, very crude computer animation of the time. And um, when I was graduating, when I graduated college, which I really didn't know exactly what I was going to do after that. Um somebody, I don't know who, but had sent the uh that video to uh to Apple Canada and when they got a hold of it, they were really because at the time Apple in the early nineties were known more as when I say early nineties, literally nineteen ninety, uh was uh known for desktop publishing, not so much for mm-hmm. video or anything like that. So when they right. saw that, they said, oh, wait, anyway, it was all done with, with our hardware? Well, would you be interested? That's when they offered me a job, actually, as to be part of marketing and call myself uh, – they call me an evangelist. Basically, my job <laughs> was to go out there, uh, at mainly at television stations, and try to promote the Apple hardware in that environment. Um and that's basically how I started. So I started going into computer animation through the technical side of things, through the through the back, through the back door if you want. And that's as I was you know, I got more into it and I learned more programs and this and that. Uh I kinda became a uh for lack of a better word, an expert in that field at the time. So what they would do is they would send me to these different um Different play, different television stations, for example, and give them uh, teach them how to use the hardware and the software in their in w- within their environment. And as I was doing more and more of that, that's when they would offer me actual work. You know, say, hey, would you be instead of teaching us, would you be interested in coming to work for us? And uh, nice. that's how I ended up here in California. So I did do that. <laughs>
2: Where did you did you go to school in Montreal or? Yeah, yeah, I oh, went to
3: a Concordia yeah. University. That's where I, I I learned everything. Concordia, because I was part of um, uh, I knew uh, at that time I didn't know what I wanted to do, and when I saw a counselor, well, the first thing they said when they when they asked me. So what do you want to do? I said I don't know what I want to do. Oh well, going to creative arts. <laughs> so. That's what I did. It said there's no math. No, no math involved. Just like photography uh, and things like, oh,
0: this is great, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah creative
3: arts was photography, sound, uh, television, and that's how I got interested in that stuff. Nice.
1: What, nice. <laughs> Very impressive, resume- man. <laughs> okay. It's amazing. It's amazing. And you've been able to, you know – do the DJing along with the visual now, you know, and combine the two. I, I love it. Yeah, I think it's that's
3: awesome. what I was saying. There's a, there's a, there's a very fine line between the two, a very blurring line. I mean, creative is creative, right? So, sure. if you have uh if you have a sense for one, you can certainly have a sense for the other.
2: Well, DJing takes a lot of technology too, and so. It's kind of, uh, you know, it's all about... Even more
3: today, yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, ex- have you ever... Do you produce too, right? Or do you just... Oh, just for the...
3: Just for the... Uh, I've always... I've done it for the fun of it. I mean, I don't... I I wish I could devote more time to actually make original stuff. But because right. of... Uh, again, because it, it involves my love of tech, you know, using a... pro. Oh, look, I can... I can use this program to chop this song up into different parts. Um, Mm -hmm. That's why I was doing my own edits for my own, you know, my own gigs. Again, mainly of of, of disco songs, you know, extending them or putting these longer outros so it's easier to mix, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, um, so so you would actually build out the songs to mix, uh, they they would be easier for your, your transition,
3: yeah, I mean, I would, I would really, I mean, what's that's what a song is, right? Edit it so it fits the way I'm playing, and that's what I would do. And I uh, just with Ableton, of course, because that was the easiest program to chop songs up and make them sure, sound good. Sure,
2: sure. So, so, um, do you? What do you use to record your sets when you're doing your?
3: Oh, I just, well, I always have with me my little digital recorder. It's just a, a simple digital recorder, and you know, any mixer has a has a record out on it, which basically is is the audio coming out of it minus the uh, the volume control. So sure. that's the way I do it. I always record. Uh, just bring my little recorder with me and plug it into the mixer, and uh, that's it. Simple as that. And that's the way I got it hooked up at home with my tech. <laughs>
2: Well, nice. So, so, nice. I mean, hey, whatever you know, works That's a great setup yeah, I actually was considering Getting one of those uh, record sets But I ended up just buying a Pioneer XDJR where you could record it Off the uh, controller But um, So uh, I, You know, I, I was curious so who, Who's your biggest Influences? Uh, we never talked about, any, about anything about that For you you know what who got you like what was the first uh was there certain artists that attracted you to dance music or electronic music or you know mm.
3: uh, we, i we mean my love for music started uh back in in high school through the industrial uh industri- <clears throat> excuse me industrial genre you know so back then in the early days of uh you know the smith depeche mode uh um Nice. From 242, those kind of electronic industrial bands. That's actually how I learned how to DJ. This was before I even started getting to house music because everything was, you know, four by four beats. Yeah. So, and that's how I, I started DJing with, with I used to buy, I mean, obviously vinyl at the time. Um, and when I was going to school in Montreal, I was actually a DJ at a club, an industrial club there called the Thunderdome and uh oh, i was sure. the the resident on sunday night, and that's where i i um i got to uh, to learn how to d j and i remember um there was a one weekend this other d j was uh he was the resident i think on friday he was he went to chicago for the weekend he had something when he came back the weekend after he got he brought some vinyl and he says Hey man, you gotta listen to this. This is amazing. I said, yeah. He said, yeah. It's called. They call it house music over there. I said, okay. Oh. So, so he's like, he's like, yeah, man. It's it's just like the electronic music you listen to, but it's got more of a groove. It's got more soul. I said, all right. So he brought me he, the the record. He said, okay, try this. And he the first, I'll never forget it. Actually, believe it or not, I still have that piece of vinyl here because I I bought it from him. It's um, <clears throat> the song wow. that the band was called the Rude House, uh, House hu- no, sorry,
0: The Rude,
3: the Rude Master House Boys. And the song was called um, House Nation.
2: And oh, I know it's that very, song. Very, very.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been redone. Yeah. But the original was very almost like, like I said, like the kind of like that industrial sound. So I remember putting that on and mixing it with a new Diffish Mode that I got at the time, which I think was Fly on the Windscreen, which now goes way back. And that's when I said, oh, wow, I like this music. And that's when I started, you know, getting to know more of this and listening to the artists, especially the ones that came from Chicago. Uh, but then as I moved, as I was listening to that and I moved here to the States, I really fell in love with the, uh, the that kind of West Coast sound of the... Um, of the early to mid-90s uh, that came from, especially from San Francisco. So I really fell in love, especially with the label Naked Music. And that's when I, you know, really got into it and found out, oh, wow, these artists are like really, they're all from San Francisco. So I started going out, used to go to San Francisco, I got, started get, uh, and I really got to meet some of these guys. And two guys, they became, even till today, they're still my best friends is a producer from the time. His name is JJ. He's like, he was Grammy nominated for uh Joe uh, Scott remix he did. And also uh, Miguel Miggs. They both were part yeah. of, they were doing stuff for me, Naked Music at the time. And so I became friends with them. I used to go visit them all the time uh, up north. And uh, those guys, I mean, I was always fascinated with what they did, especially Miguel when it came to, when he was part of Naked Music and then started his, his label Salted and so on. So um I mean any any of those guys from from the West Coast sound I mean I'm just always in awe with what they do is there somebody in particular like one person not really because I just I just like them all <laughs> there wasn't anybody yeah. that just like really was a huge influence but anybody who did that kind of like deep house from the West Coast I I mean I fell in love with that music Oh yeah good stuff Good stuff.
1: And speaking of house music, Mm -hmm. DJ Miss Monday
2: is getting into that time. That's right. Yeah, Ricardo. So uh, now we're gonna for the uh, rest of the show, we'll just transition out to the uh, set that I did for your Ndyd. And uh, why don't you? Oh, by the way, I I don't think I told you, but it
3: actually. well, oh, I think I tell you, but I should have—I should have hit you up that it, it was airing today in the UK. Oh,
2: oh, how hi! Yeah, it's actually, it was—it was,
3: it was four—it was four o'clock our time, because it was like I think it was midnight over there, but uh, right. but it's late.
1: <laughs> so today That's, is when it huh? aired. And folks, we have links up to the um, the n d y or yeah, I mean it's D-1
0: available. Official. It's available
3: anytime on SoundCloud, but I'm talking about the actual broadcast because they have it on. They actually have a real broadcast over there that's from the UK. Nice, of the show.
2: What is so? Yeah, what is that all about? Like, is it, is, it a, is there a? What's the stream uh, channel for that? Well, it's available. Obviously, it's like
3: like any modern station, it's available like online to stream it when it's played. But but I I. What I heard was someone told me, and, and I don't know. There's actually, there's still, you can still get it on the air through the FM dial over there through this pirate radio station, which I didn't know that still existed. Those pirate radio stations, and sure. I didn't even know that people still listen to the FM dial. But uh, supposedly, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was playing on the FM dial over there.
0: That's amazing. So it
2: was, it was the that radio.
3: is so cool.
2: Yeah.
1: It was flying through the air. Yeah, but you you (laughs) have to be in the UK for that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's But So for those who aren't in the UK, you have the (laughs) SoundCloud for the NDYD, which actually has a pretty good following. So, um, you know, people... People definitely like your taste and your your taste and your guest taste uh, and music. So, yeah, but why don't you tell people where they can uh, where they can catch you and and um, and then we'll move into the mix.
3: Yeah, I mean they get, they could the show is like you said. There's quite a there's quite a, a big following, and believe it or not, our biggest following is in Russia, out of all places. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. But Russia is—I mean, no, the number one is the state uh, in terms of the metrics. When you see like how many people played it so far, I mean, at this point, uh, the show in total—I was looking at the total. It's almost a six million streams
2: since
0: wow. it uh,
3: started. So, but they, uh, the, the more than fifty percent of that comes from Russia. People stream it over oh, there.
2: Wow.
3: I don't know why. Hey. Having a good time. They're having a good
1: time. Fantastic,
3: yeah, and, uh, and fantastic. And you can you can listen to it anytime on SoundCloud. Just when you go to SoundCloud, just look for the NDYD radio show, and uh, all the episodes are there, including yours, of course. That was uh, the one from this week. So cool.
2: Yeah, I'm so cool. So grateful for the for well, you. Thank uh, you, Ricardo, to Ricardo mm-hmm. Torres,
1: everybody. And man <laughs> with well, man man, man. How how did it happen. happen. Yeah, any we crying. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you taking time to be on and, and calling in. Sorry about that little hiccup at the beginning.
0: Um,
1: oh, no worries, so amazing. good. I can't wait to hear the next
3: episode, it's so good. I'm telling you, I've
0: been,
3: yeah, well, to the all next one is long. me, yay, because I've had guests, so it's uh. I've been accumulating a lot of new tracks in the last uh, two, three weeks, so it's, uh, I mean, it's got to be hard to follow Kara, uh, because she's already <laughs> getting it's already getting some great reviews, but uh, you know, we'll try. I'm glad I want to have guests like her, because it raises the bar all the time.
2: Yes. <laughs> uh, that's, wow. That's hey, <laughs> Thank you so much, Ricardo I really appreciate your kind words You are amazing We are so lucky to have had you on the show tonight I mean, it's just um, I hope everybody Tunes into NDYD Future shows and gets to check you out There's past ones up already on SoundCloud Um, And then uh, All of the links are also On our page here to Follow you, follow the show
1: Absolutely. Yes, Absolutely. And just you. a Thanks reminder, folks, um, when this is converted to a podcast, when we finish up tonight, it goes out to uh, Spotify and all that. Um, if you are listening on you know, Pandora or whatever, all those links remain live. So, you know, just click on them and boom, you're there. So definitely oh, check it is- out and help, help get the word out, too. You know, all oh. independent no matter what you... If you dig what somebody's doing, everybody, it's the world we live in, has social media and whatnot. Like and share their social media, man. Helps so much. And it's its just cool when people dig what you're doing, you know.
0: That's so. right.
3: Very, very Oh, cool. yeah. It's
1: all well, uh, word of mouth.
3: That's, that's how it happens. Well, oh, thank sorry. you. Thank you for having me. This has been really fun. Yes, yes absolutely. Absolutely. absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yes, it has.
1: Well, Connor, do you want, or DJ Miss Monday, would you like to um, intro uh, your mix here?
2: Yeah, so I actually, some of the tracks that I uh, put pulled on here, I have never used, I never even played out, never used, and that was kind of what Ricardo was uh, was liking about these. He's like, where'd you where get these tracks? I mean, so it's a really fun mix. Um, I have. Yeah, I, I was army. totally screen spotting you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I you know, your army sends me some promos sometimes for the uh the new releases. So um a couple of those were in there and uh and then just some of the ones that I dug and dug and dug deep for and the rare tracks that you aren't gonna just find everywhere. So I hope everybody enjoys the mix. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy
2: the Radio Network.
0: to hang on to your every word, word. but the more you lie to me, the more I heard. the things you used to say would sound so sweet, I was naive.